It's TechBiter Worldwide. I'm Bill Blinn with an hour's worth of technology news in about 20 minutes. That's because we leave out the sports, most of the jingles, the weather, and the commercials. Podcast number 184 for March 14th, 2010. Recorded March 12th, 2010. Last week I talked about some of the text manipulations that are possible with Alien Skin's iCandy 6. But the real fun begins when you work with photographic images. And that's where we'll go this week. What if you had a photograph of a young lady and you wanted to cover her skin with fur? Why would you want to do that? I don't know. Maybe you want to show your girlfriend what she'd look like if she had fur. Maybe you've been assigned to create an image of a young lady with fur for whatever reason. Maybe you're just some sort of crazy freak who likes fur. Never mind why you'd want to do this. Just play along with me here for a moment. So you'll want to visit the TechBiter Worldwide website, www.techbiter.com, and take a look at this week's program. I started with a stock photo of a pretty girl, and you'll notice she is not covered with fur. So I used the Alien Skin Eye Candy 6 fur filter to cover her with fur. But there's a problem. If you take a look at this photograph and compare it to the average cat, dog, hamster, gerbil, kangaroo, or warthog, you'll notice immediately that the eyes and lips of these animals are not covered with fur. So what's called for here is a little masking. I modified the image to remove the effect from the girl's eyes and lips, and in just a few seconds, literally, I had a photograph that would show what this girl would look like if she happened to be fur-covered. Okay, so let's try something a little less odd. iCandy 6 is also capable of creating what are called painterly effects. The goal is to take a crisp, clear digital image and change it so that it's more impressionistic. I used a photograph of a windmill that I'd taken a year or so ago in eastern Ohio out in the Amish area. It's a working windmill on an Amish farm. Not every iCandy filter is suitable for every image. That should be obvious. For example, the smear twisty filter just doesn't work at all with this image, at least my vision of this image. That's why Alien Skin provides a lot of presets and allows you to modify all of the settings yourself. Next, I tried the frosted glass filter, the kind of image that you'd get if you saw somebody through a piece of frosted glass. Well, that's another example of one that just doesn't work with this image. The next one down the list was small spirals. Yes, that's what I'm looking for. It's somewhat reminiscent, in fact, of Starry Nights by Vincent Van Gogh. And the good thing is I get to keep my ear. After selecting the basic look for the image, I can change the specific features. And that's where your own creativity comes into play. There are lots of settings to change. Some of the tweaks are just that, very minor adjustments to the image. Others are more major. I worked at it for a little while and eventually arrived at just what I had seen in my mind, what I'd planned to do. Uh, And this same kind of filter can be applied to images of people if you don't want to cover them with fur. In fact, I like this effect on the girl. Maybe TechBiter Worldwide should become a multi-dollar corporation. And no, I didn't accidentally omit the word million from that previous sentence. The omission was intentional. About the best I can hope for is to become a multi-dollar success. Well, in that case, we would certainly need a fancy new sign and a fancy new building, so let's see what I can come up with here. 
I would want to start with a heavy, bold sans face and then use eye candy 6 to create a brushed gold effect. And of course, I'd want a gold sign. So with a quick flick of the eye candy 6 wrist, all of my letters are now uptown brushed gold. And I think they probably need to be placed on a fancy hand-cut stone wall. Don't you think that would be about right? Well, first, I want to make them three-dimensional. You don't want to just have flat letters on your fancy stone wall. So I used the extrusion effect, and I set the extrusion effect so that it would replicate what someone would see if they were standing below the letters and looking up. Of course, that's where I would want them to stand, below the letters, and look up. Eye Candy had a really nice stone wall background that I selected, and then I simply plopped the letters on the stone wall. Real graphic artists are going to find several problems with this image. Given enough time and enough skill on my part, I would certainly be able to solve them. It's worth noting, though, that any problems you see with the image are my errors and not shortcomings by Alien Skin. The bottom line on Alien Skin, Eye Candy 6 makes difficult effects easy. The inventors and magicians at Alien Skin have produced yet another winner in Eye Candy 6. This is a tool that both web designers and photographers are going to want to have in their toolkit. Five cats. You can't do any better than that. For more information, visit the Alien Skin website. You'll find a link to that site from the TechBiter Worldwide website. Excel 2007 offers, among other advantages, a significantly expanded color palette. Unfortunately, many of the default colors that Excel 2007 offers are not in the Excel 2003 palette. And when the earlier version opens a sheet that was created in Excel 2007, even if it was saved in Excel 2003 format, the colors can be hideous and unreadable. This was short-sighted on Microsoft's part. So after researching the problem, I installed a small add-in that can optionally display the 2003 palette in 2007, in addition to the 2007 palette. The add-in was written by Andy Pope at ExcelForum.com. If you're interested, you can grab this add-in from the TechBiter Worldwide website. There's a link from this week's show. You'll want to copy the 2007 Color Compatibility 2003 XLAM file to Excel's Excel Start directory on your computer. I'll show you on the website where that directory is. It varies whether you're using Vista or Windows 7 or Windows XP, but it's easy enough to find in either case. You can place the add-in filter elsewhere, but it's easiest to put it in the Excel start directory for two reasons. First of all, this directory is trusted by default, so the file that is placed there will run without generating any messages. And second, because it's in the Excel start directory, the file will automatically load when Excel loads. Excel 2007 will now have a new tab called Tab 1 on the ribbon. There's probably a really easy way to rename that, but I haven't yet figured out how to do it. You can then use the color palette from this new tab, but it's easier and faster if you just place what's inside that tab on the Quick Access Toolbar. And I'll show you how to do that on the TechBiter Worldwide website, too. Once you do that, you'll get a small icon on the Quick Access Toolbar, and you'll immediately have access to the older color palette. The Excel 2003 color palette will be accessible regardless of which tab you've selected. And if you routinely need to share files with Excel 2003 users, you can use only the Excel 2003 colors, and everything will then work as expected. One shortcoming of this process is that it creates a palette that's not accessible from the conditional formatting menu. So some work still needs to be done. 
but it's a good start. I received a spam this week that is just simply so laughable, I have to share it with you. It's so absurd that it's difficult to comprehend how anybody could fall for it. The wording, the grammar, the punctuation are so laughable that it's impossible to accept that any native speaker of English wrote it, yet it claims to be from an FBI agent. Remember, applicants to be FBI agents must have a law degree. So I think that assumes that they are reasonably conversant with English. Here's the ploy. The message claims to be from an FBI agent who wants me to stop doing business with Nigerian scammers because I could be arrested. The return address for the FBI is Portugal. So the first clue that there is something terribly wrong with this message is that return address. The forged sender's address is Portugal. Any legitimate message from the FBI would come from a gov domain and not from PT. Even so, it's pretty unlikely that the FBI would make an initial contact by email. The message is laughable beginning to end. Inside return address, FBI headquarters in Washington, D.C., Federal Bureau of Investigation, J. Edgar Hoover Building, 935 Pennsylvania Avenue, New Line, Northwest, Washington, D.C. Northwest, of course, goes on the same line with the address. Federal Bureau of Investigation, in parenthesis, FBI. Senior Department, desk of Dr. Pam Williams. Dr. Pam is all run together. You really need a space between the doctor and the Pam. Attention. I think there was supposed to be a name there, but there wasn't. Actually, including a name or an email address or something on that line would have been a nice touch. This, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, FBI, we are writing in response to our track light monitoring device, which we received today in our office about the illegal transactions that you have been involved in for a long time now. Federal Bureau of Investigation, the of is not capitalized. A sentence ends, but there's no period. They mention a track light monitoring device. They have some sort of monitoring device for their track lighting. I don't quite understand what they're talking about there. And, of course, the illegal transactions that I have been involved in for a long time. I think they were looking for the past tense. We understand, the message continued, from our general investigations, that some con men from Nigeria has been ripping you off your hard-earned money with the pretense of dealing with ATM card company that will deliver a card to you, and the proposed amount which was to be transferred to you is the sum of $20 million U.S. dollars, as stated in our record here. Plural subjects, of course, need plural verbs. The term is ripping off, not ripping you off. We have banks, not ATM card companies. Card is capitalized. It's not a proper noun and shouldn't be. And we've got both the dollar sign and USD, which actually should have been capitalized. More about that USD in a moment, but now back to the message. We also got a complaint from our German counterpart stating that your identity information's was used to dupe a German businessman to the tune of $9,000 U.S. dollars by some Nigerian fraudsters, which you have been in contact with for some time now. They really like that for some time now, don't they? And, of course, that would be received a complaint, not a complain. They have used the possessive of information where they really wanted the plural, but it would be illiterate in either case. And then there's the dollar sign with the USD again. Now, USD is handy if there's any doubt about which dollar is being discussed. But because this is supposedly from the FBI, 
I'd think there'd be little doubt about which currency is involved. Fraudsters is capitalized, and the last time I checked, it wasn't a proper noun. I will make no comment about the next paragraph from this message, other than to tell you that I have no idea what they're trying to say. We also discovered that you have made some payments to them earlier for this same funds that was to be sent to you. The message continued. I want to use this means to let you know that you will get yourself into trouble if you don't stop communication with those scam group from Nigeria, and this may lead to your arrest. Contractions require an apostrophe, as any fifth-grade English student already knows, and I doubt that the FBI would use contractions anyway. And later, we need this scam group or those scam groups, not those scam group. Get back to me, Dr. Pam said, if you are ready to follow my advice and instructions so I can direct and tell you what to do next on how to get your MasterCard ATM card which contain $20 million U.S. dollars, and this include interest rate up till date. The message almost concludes, in all caps, Remember, stop contact with those Internet Fraud Group, okay? And make sure once you receive any strange email from them, forward it to me so our Internet Department can make an investigation and get them arrested, okay? Any sixth grade... <laughs> any sixth grader would write a better and more grammatically correct sentence than that. Await your reply. Have a wonderful day. <laughs> the average FBI agent would certainly say have a wonderful day. Dr. Pam Williams signed again, running the doctor and Pam all together again, and Dr. Pam is not capitalized, even though it should be, and then they really mangled the address, but I'll let you see that when you go to the TechBiter Worldwide website. In short circuits, China versus Google. Who's going to win this one? Google continues to chafe as a result of Chinese censorship of the Internet, and Google CEO Eric Schmidt said this week that something will change soon. That brought a blunt rebuke from the Chinese government along with the threat of retaliation. Google has been trying to find a solution to the censorship problem for the past two months, and if the company has a plan, nobody's discussing it publicly. There have been rumors that Google would leave China. There have been rumors that China would relax its censorship. There have been rumors about rumors. A top Chinese official said this week that if Google doesn't abide by Chinese laws, it would be unfriendly and irresponsible. He threatened unspecified consequences. Google has about a third of the Chinese search engine market, and it does censor search results. The censored items are identified as being suppressed because of government restrictions. As for what's next, well, stay tuned. <laughs> It has been 10 years since the proposal was put forth for an XXX top-level domain. Forcing porn merchants to use XXX would make it easier to control and easier for parents to control, but the proposal continues to be controversial. Top-level domains such as com, org, edu, us, and info can suggest something about the site. ICANN, the Internet Corporation for Assigned Names and Numbers, is considering XXX once again, but has once again, delayed a decision. At an ICANN meeting in Kenya, the agency's board said that it wants a decision within two weeks. Since being proposed in 2000, the XXX domain has been rejected by ICANN three times. Common sense would see the logic in the proposal. 
But then again, how often does common sense win the battle? Thanks for listening to TechBiter Worldwide, the podcast with an hour's worth of technology news in about 20 minutes. I'm Bill Blinn. Check out the website, www.techbiter.com. And if you like, send me an email from there. Thanks. Bye-bye.